Brew and Goat watch stuff. We're wasting no time. We're jumping right back into the Star Wars saga. Episode 2. Attack of the Clones. <laughs> Came out 2002. Three years after the last one. Um, however, the movie takes place 10 years after Later. the last one. Yeah. Um, so, starting off, we have the opening crawl. Nothing memorable about the year 2002 except this movie coming out. <laughs> Um, so from the opening crawl, right away, we get jumped into the situation of this gigantic universe that we learn has several thousand solar systems. Yeah. Are you going to read the opening crawl when it comes up here? <laughs> no. No? No, because it needs to be explained, because I think... Okay. okay, so compared, you know, like the complaint about how... These movies are too political or whatever it is or I don't know whatever the complaint is about it. I think this one probably with the with the crawl was a little bit more complicated than the first one. Yeah. So, I'm going to kind of put it in layman's terms the way I interpreted it anyways. So, basically what's happening is that like I said, several thousand solar systems want to leave the republic. Yeah. And this shows just how huge the universe is, which kind of goes into what I was saying last time, where like how we were talking about the whole whether there's a American or a Earth person or whatever race yeah. of Earth person. Like it really doesn't matter because there's several thousand solar systems. So who knows what the heck lives in this universe, right? Yeah. So this separatist movement is being led by Count Dooku. Uh, and. Bye -bye. Horror legend Dracula, Christopher Lee. Yes. And the situation with the Jedi Knights is that there's too few of them. So they're unable to kind of, I want to say police the universe, but they're not really. I guess they're, they're not really police because they don't really lay down the law about anything. They're just yeah. trying to keep peace. They're trying to protect everyone to be safe. Yeah. They're they're not like the Jedi Knight or or the Jedi Knights are I guess organized into themselves, but they generally they're not really traditionally under like a government. Yeah, they just got involved like as we saw from the very first time in Phantom Menace, the Obi Wan and Qui Gon. So like they've kind of got sucked up into this whole war thing from the very beginning against the Separatists. So. Yeah. So basically. Because there there's too few of them to keep peace amongst the universe, <laughs> um, there's going to be a vote coming up in the Senate. And now Senator Amidala, who was formerly Queen Amidala from yeah. episode one, um, now she wants to go. She's apparently been in hiding and she wants to go now to be able to vote on the issue of creating the an army of the republic to help the jedi right so she's against it but at, in uh, like just going by the crawl i was kind of confused at first because it doesn't really say her position it just says she's returning to vote on the issue of creating an army so it kind of yeah. sounds like from the crawl that she's for it so i don't know i was kind of confused at first but it does it does mention later on in the movie that she's yeah. against it so well again it's like the problem when you're fighting the separatists because they have a droid army they can just crank these guys yeah. out like 24 7 you know what i mean like make all the soldiers you want send them to this planet send them to that planet whereas like before 
like the Jedi Knights would help out going to this planet, but it was pretty much up to each individual planet if yeah. they were getting invaded to fight. Where well, they like, had their own armies. And yeah, where as far as like if you have the Republic army, it would go to wherever it needs to no. go. You know what I mean? It would be the Universe Army. <laughs> it would pretty much be what you see at the end of the movie, where they're just loading up. Like it's pretty yeah. much like the official war machine of the yeah. Republic, where you're like you're just loading up ships with thousands of people to go fight. Yeah. So. The way we were talking about for episode one, that it was probably more like the movie for kids. Yeah. I would say this one is the love story. <laughs> probably for like the teenagers. This one is more for the uh, people who uh, like five years earlier loved Titanic. <laughs> yeah. Which is me. Which is you. This, this was before it ever came out, but if this came out after Twilight, just like how Amazing Spider-Man was deemed a Twilight ripoff, this would be, oh, George Lucas, he's making Twilight ripoff Star Wars. Well, there wasn't really a third person that was involved in their story, so it was just mostly just Padme and Anakin. Yeah. But, um, so with this one, like, you know, with the way we know people criticize one through three, like I could see people kind of criticizing this one because it gets really cheesy and sappy yeah. sometimes. But I mean, like how I usually say, like, oh, I'm not the audience for this one. Like, I think this is kind of like that. Same with episode one, where it's like how you're saying it's more for children. Yeah. And then for episode two, I feel like this one would kind of be actually, no, I shouldn't say that about this one because this one actually kind of starts, does getting into the war stuff because yeah. the, the clone war is about to start. So it does, there is a lot of, um, well, right off the bat stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. Right off the bat, like her ship blows up cause they try yeah. to murder her. So, I mean like pretty much the first 20 minutes of the movie is nothing but assassination attempts against yeah. Senator Amidala, so. So, yeah, from the opening shot, which is usually kind of, I think, is a traditional shot, we usually see the shot of space yeah. after the crawl, and it goes down to a ship of some sort, usually. Yeah. This one, you see right away, we get new ships. In yeah. these, the ships are sleek. They look like... Yeah. I don't know. They look... They don't, they're not as textured as, you know, the later ships. I thought... These kind of were like sports car kind of looking ships. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool because they're pretty distinctive with the way they look. And so, like you said, we see Senator Amidala's ship and she's landing in Coruscant. <clears throat> and a lot of the movie, well, I guess this movie actually hops around a lot to a lot of different planets. Yeah. Which is actually kind of cool because you get to see the... Some of the several thousand <laughs> solar systems or whatever. Because you get Coruscant, you get Camino, and you get Geonosis. Yeah. Yeah. And Tatooine. And Tatooine, yeah. That's a place we know. I think but that was it. Yeah. I was going to bring it up later, but what is that red planet that Palpatine is on? That's Geonosis. Oh, okay. Yeah. I never... Because it kind of looked different, because where he was, it looked like this, like, super industrial, like, there was all these, like smoking pipes and yeah, stuff because so. geonosis is, is the the secret uh factory where they've been making all the droids the whole time yeah like the geonosians are those little bug guys yeah like like they basically got the contract to make like they've been making the droids the yeah. whole time for... it just where the factory is it looks yeah. more like the southwest desert and yeah. then where palpatine was it kind of looked more like an industrial city so i thought it was two different um places that they were at well there's like different areas too because it's like 
Geonosians in there in the Clone Wars TV show too. Like they pretty much just live in caves, like naturally and stuff. But like those big kind of like I don't know if like they built them or they were brought to their planet or what. But those big bulb ships that they have there, yeah. you know, in the droid factories underground, I think. But but yeah, there's like different areas because where Obi Wan lands, it's not really. It just looks like the desert and stuff. But like yeah, it's pretty much just a desert planet. But it's yeah. like it's more like uh, where um, Tatooine is like a Earth modeled desert planet yeah. geonosis is kind of more like mars yeah and i think when they're flying into it it actually looks like saturn because yeah. it has the ring the i noticed yeah, that i yeah. thought it was funny i was like is this supposed to be saturn yeah. <laughs> um so of all the places that the really the entire saga takes place i think coruscant is my least favorite really yeah it, it's like coruscant is like it's weird like it's become like I would say somewhat of a favorite because it's like the most like kind of Blade Runner esque yeah. future city. I think that's why I don't like it. Like I don't like that future side. But there's really not much there <laughs> other than that. Like, yeah. well, know. that's where the Jedi Temple is, right, or the school, the academy. Yeah, and like the Senate and all that. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, just like that whole scene where you know the the big first car chase, so to speak, mm -hmm. <laughs> takes place. Like, just seeing all the city and stuff, I'm just kind of like, uh, it looks so, like, dirty and rag Like, not raggedy. Like, it doesn't look dirty. It just looks yeah. like you, where you would expect a lot of skeevy stuff to be happening. Yeah. Well, it's just definitely, um, you know, like, every uh, science fiction type movie where there's, like, a large population yeah. crowded into a city, there's always, like the underworld yeah 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 i think that's why i'm kind of like oh that's yeah. where all the criminals go <laughs> yeah so uh we learned from the scene after um she lands where's she landing at at the academy or the senate no the senate yeah, yeah. so we learned that she's been in hiding and right away we understand why because yeah. she's being chased yeah. after and trying to be killed <laughs> so when she lands there's like the main ship and there's like two like jet fighter type ships that like you know to escort it yeah. protect it and the main ship just straight up blows up yeah she comes out well she, now she has a new guard which is actually one of the queen yeah. the new queen's guards yeah captain typho yeah which he's he's replacing with captain panaka because just something happened with the actor it was supposed to be captain oh, panaka from phantom menace yeah i can't remember if it was some type of scheduling thing or money oh. issue or something it was just with the actor what like that wasn't the plan all along hmm. that, that's why he kind of resembles panaka but he's different and he has the eye patch and all that i kind of thought it made sense though because that guy was like her guard when she was queen yeah. And now she's not queen anymore, yeah. so I kind of felt like oh, it made sense that she didn't really necessarily have... Because he's still... It says he's yeah. part of the Queen's Guard still, so yeah. he's not even, like, really hers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he was just kind of taking care of her in the meantime. But we see her... We see what looks like her, because we just see her from behind coming yeah. out of the ship. And yeah. as she's walking out, we see a conversation between Captain Typho and one of the other pilots or i don't i think it was one of the pilots from the other ships yeah right? something because there's like two fighters yeah and you can't see her face because she's wearing a helmet yeah. and they're having a conversation saying oh it looks like everything went well and then as soon as they say that poof, a big explosion yeah. and which this always that always happens so fast i can't tell if that is there's a bomb there 
Or if it's like somebody shoots a missile there. Like, I never could tell. It always happens every so se- so fast. Every time I watch, I can never tell. I think something gets shot towards it. I think maybe Django... Unless I'm just, like, remembering shit. I think Django Fett's there, and he shoots, like, the missile. I think it was her, because then later on, um, your character that you brought up, Zam. <laughs> yeah. Um... She goes back to him later and says, I tried, but they had a decoy. So I think it was her. Let's see. So again, we have the movie kind of playing in the background here. Yeah, let's fact check ourselves. Since we're near the... Oh, shoot. I totally hit the wrong thing. Since we're uh, near the beginning of it, I'm going back a little bit so we can get our details right. So it just blows up. It looks like it blows up from inside the ship. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. It was a bomb. So I don't know who how that was placed there. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) Um, but uh so yeah she gets blown up and right away we can tell this movie is different because we have tragedy like yeah. right at the beginning it's, shit's getting serious now it's not with the fun tone of like when anakin was little and jar jar and all yeah that. so as usual she ha- um padme has a decoy so even as a senator she needs decoys yeah especially in this time so it's the decoy that ends up getting killed and Shit gets real. (laughs) And of course, Padme has little R2 with her. (laughs) So, to me, that right away sets the tone that, like, things are not as happy as they were in the first part. It's a darker time. Yeah. And then we see a conversation going on. What, would you say that's like a war room or something? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. With Palpatine. Yeah. Oh, his advisor, his government people. The Jedi Knights. And they're trying to figure out what to do because Palpatine's being a, a dastardly faker guy yeah. acting like he cares. And I think for this one, like you really get to see like how evil Palpatine is. Yeah. And I remember when we first started watching this, the last time we watched it, I was like, it hit me like, why can't they sense that he's so dark? Like, it just, I know that, I mean, I, they say later on it's because he, the Jedi's vision is clouded by the dark side of the Force, but yeah. he's just so freaking evil. Well, I, don't, I don't think Jedi can, like, instantly sense if anybody's evil or not. I mean... You don't think they should be able to sense the dark side? I think they feel it, and, like, they feel... Just in, in general. Maybe when danger's near, but it's, like, it's hard to say. I mean, or he could just have a power where he just disguises himself. Like, he seems like he's been pretty, like, like, I don't know if he's necessarily immortal at this point or ever was immortal, but he's, like, pretty much at the point where, like, he has, he has a lot of, like, the Sith have a lot of powers that the Jedi don't have, so, I mean, it's very, yeah. So, in this conversation, they tell Palpatine there are not enough Jedi to protect the Republic, and it's kind of like, that's like music to his ears, right? Yeah. And then the Jedi, I think it's Yoda, also says the dark side clouds everything. So right away you get a sense that this is why the Jedi don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's why they're setting that up. But I mean, it's like like when Darth Maul like appeared in the in the Phantom Menace, like they were shocked because they thought the Sith were extinct. Yeah. And then at the movie ends with Pal, uh, not Pal, you know. Mace Windu and uh, Yoda saying who was, you know, who got killed, the the, the master, apprentice yeah. or the master. So it's yeah. like, 
they clearly like you know didn't know yeah. you know so also in this scene we see again uh padme's awesome wardrobe yeah she's still decked out <laughs> and this one we can see is obviously influenced by kind of african and egyptian style the hair she's wearing looks exactly like all the old Egyptian pictures yeah. that you would see. All the um, paintings and stuff on the wall. And I like how when she walks in, like, right away she suspects that it's Dooku that tried to kill her. Yeah. And it's like, she was the one that right away figured out, like, it's him. Yeah. You know, like, everybody else is like, no, it can't be him. And then Windu makes me mad because he says... He was once a Jedi. <laughs> it's like, yeah. he can't kill anyone. It's like, well, he once was one, yeah. not now. I mean, everybody like, else is a Jedi till they die. He like, can kill, yeah. like, he can kill now. He doesn't follow, you know, the law of the Jedi anymore. And um, I thought it was funny when they say that they followed a lead and it's disgruntled spice miners. I was yeah. kind of like, really? Like, yeah. they're going to want to kill Senator Amidala? <laughs> it just, I don't know. I thought, always, uh, there's always, like, a front. In the Star Wars movies for the, for who really is and stuff. Yeah. And like with that, like I kind of felt like in this one is the first time that you can really see that like the Jedi were blinded by their ways. Like they're following their teachings like so much to the, to the, to the law that it's, it doesn't allow them to see like what could be possible aside from what is supposed to be happening supposedly, you know, like. How Mace Windu said, you know, he was once a Jedi. He can't kill. And it's like, really? Like, things aren't always like just, oh, because that's what it's supposed to happen. That's not the way it is, you know? Like, so I kind of felt like this one, like, that was their undoing. But also, too, like, a lot of people just like to shit on the Jedi and talk about how they they never did anything right and stuff. But it's like, what what you got to understand here is within this trilogy of movies that, you know, from Phantom Menace to Revenge of the Sith is, like, roughly uh, from beginning to maybe, like, a 15-year period. That's such a tiny, tiny slice of Jedi history. Like, I can't remember exactly what the official thing is, but they've kept the piece for either 15,000 or 1,500 years. Like, either way, they've been around for thousands of years, and, like, the Jedi Order wasn't ever meant to, like really take care of problems this big you know what i mean the, yeah. for wars that this kind of stuff hasn't happened before. yeah it just never happened before you know what yeah. i mean so it's like it's like they're they were just like meant to like literally be like peacekeepers stop villages from fighting each other yeah. or, or warlords and like the lawlessness so you know they they basically were the law and the the outreaches of the universe where there was no law you know and like yeah. like like uh you know normal people I had nobody to, like, take up for them, you know? Yeah. Normal or the lower people. Yeah. I wonder if they're getting taken advantage of. Like, in normal times, the Jedi would just be making sure people, like, Jabba the Hutt wasn't, like, taking everything over. And, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but, you know, they're they're definitely out of their element in this. There's, like, so... (laughs) In every scene, there's, like, so much going on with this that I feel like... A lot of the little details and stuff that I was able to, like, point out for episode one, like, you can't really do that with this one because everything goes so fast. But, like, another thing that I noticed about that scene where they're in that kind of warm room or whatever is that, um, about Palpatine, is that everything he's saying in that room is, like, the right thing to, that you know, everybody else in that room wants to hear. Like, that Mm -hmm. it's, 
he's just so good at like playing both sides yeah. that it's like how can you doubt him you know like yeah. he's believable like what he's saying like yes yes this is what we need you know and it's like well the, the reason is like you know with politicians in a time of crisis is people who who make the right call over and over again get the most trust behind yeah. them get the most power behind them and like he's like literally playing it like he's always two steps ahead because he yeah. is because he's he's manufacturing the conflict and he's and it's like I mean, I, I guess you could argue that, like, the separatists are bad in terms of, like, they're willing to, like, start a war to get what they want, you know, because it's, like, there's been this, like, republic uh, that's been around for a while, like, like not necessarily ruling things with the iron fist, but having laws and rules about what planets can and can't do, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's, like... When Palpatine stirred that shit up, like, originally with, like, the Nemoidians and all that, and then, like, other planets, you know, and it's kind of cool, the Clone Wars TV show gets into that a little bit more, going to the, you know, going to the separatist planets, you know, showing more of the point of view, but, like, it's that thing where it's, like, the separatists themselves, they're not really, uh, you know... Bad. Yeah, they're not really like evil, evil. They just think they're trying to do the best for their right, right people or the, yeah, their it's, planets, their it, universe, yeah. their systems, or whatever. Yeah, it's just it's just the guy pulling the strings. Like the, like he's playing both sides. Yeah. Like he's not necessarily in charge of the good side and, and the bad side. It's just he's just playing two sides against the middle, so he personally can rise to more power. It's the one running it that's the bad one, not yeah. everybody else. Yeah, he's yeah. just playing on everybody else's yeah. needs or whatever. Yeah. yeah that's a good way to look at it i never really thought of that and because i was gonna say like i mean i know what happened from episode one but like this idea of the separatists it's like yeah like what are they upset about and i mean i know in the first one it was a tax thing right like is that still what this is about or now is it about a bigger thing where it's about like political control or they don't want to be controlled by whatever you know it's 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 basically if if you were to really like boil it down it's almost like the north and the south in the american civil war it's just it's just like you're gonna have some people that that agree with the rules and some people don't yeah and and you know the separatists you know they they don't necessarily want to be their own side or their own conglomerate of planets mm. they just want to be separate from the republic yeah so it's like like you know, brexit pretty, pretty <laughs> much pretty much brexit i mean it's just kind of funny because like you know um episode one through three when they came out it was like there was like a side that claimed it was too political to the point where it was boring yeah. and then there was a side that claimed the films were too childish like they weren't they weren't cool and gritty enough, you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's like you kind of like, that's why it's kind of like its own unique beast. Cause yeah. there, cause there is the motivation. I felt that with this one. Cause it's like, even when I was rewatching it to take my infamous notes, yeah. like, um, there was a lot of it that like, I had to pause it a lot because I had to like, think about what was happening in the scene. And I was like, okay, so this, you know, just trying to get clear, like what, exact business was going on in the scene because like i said like there's a lot that happens in this movie and it moves pretty fast and it's kind of i could see with this one why someone might have a hard time with like understanding what's happening in it you know but so just to go back to the small details again about this one 
is the scene in the war room, the different aliens that are in there. Yeah. And I love how the colors of them pop in the room. Like there's yeah. the green one and then the bright blue one. And like, I just, I really enjoy seeing the different beings that yeah. exist in the universe. Cause I mean, again, like I said it a thousand times already, there's several thousand solar systems. Yeah. So I think seeing any kind of weird things is like, it's nice because it's like you're like oh like you get the you get the grand the, the grandiosity scale, yeah, yeah, yeah of like how big this issue is so and how hard it is for like the what looks like fifty Jedi <laughs> to like yeah, that, 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 police this thing <laughs> yeah that's why I always had a problem like kind of with some of the newer ones and, and thankfully the last one the the rise of Skywalker like. The one thing it did get right was it brought back, like, the hordes of different aliens, you know what I mean? Like, like in um, Force Awakens and Last Jedi, I'm just like, where are the aliens? Yeah. Like, where are they? Yeah. Like, do they not care about what's going on? They're just like, humans. It, like, it, like, the conflict of, like, the First Order versus the whatever government they had at the time, it's like, like where, like, where is everybody? Like, oh, yeah. I guess nobody's emotionally invested anymore. Yeah. It's just... There's no longer several thousand soldiers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just weird. It was just weird. They all got blown up. <laughs> But that goes back to what I'm saying. Disney was 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 like, we're not putting any of that shit in there. There's not going to be any motivation yeah. for why there's like planets at war. Like, and people always say, well, the original trilogy didn't have it. It's like, well, it didn't need it because at that point there was already the Empire, yeah. like that took everything over. So that's all you need to know for the, you know, four through six. So in this one now we also get our first look at grown up Anakin. Yeah, and. These scenes that we first see are pretty much like back and forth little kind of, uh, they're not really arguing, but just kind of okay. back and forth witty conversation between him and Obi-Wan. And like, yeah. I gotta say, I really love the little things that they're saying to each other. Okay. And like the first thing you see is them riding in the elevator and like, they're kind of joking around and like, they like are talking about some incident that happened where, uh, Obi-Wan fell into a pit of Gundrak or Gundark something or other and Anakin has to remind him like well I saved you from it and then yeah. <laughs> the way Obi-Wan's like <laughs> like okay. he's laughing but he's like staying so like straight faced about it still it makes me laugh because he's like they're so conservative to like show any emotion yeah. it's like they can't even laugh and it just like he looks so funny because you could tell he's taking you know he's having fun still obi-wan you know because yeah. he's always so serious and like i like seeing that interaction between them two because obi-wan is so serious you know and like anakin's such like a cool like kind of yeah you know attitude teenager with attitude kind of kid <laughs> yeah like, like everybody else is just you know that we see in the jedi order they're all just kind of like robotic and i feel like that just all filters down with like obi-wan and anakin and like like it feels like Qui-Gon was always the guy pushing the rules and like yeah you know like he believed in the jedi but like you know like he kind of would like skirt the rules it seemed like yeah. like he didn't feel like you know following everything to the t and all that it's funny because yeah that's true i didn't think about that and how anakin kind of has a little bit of both qui-gon and anakin and uh, obi-wan because yeah. like he wants to be a jedi like obi-wan but then he also has that thing of yeah like doing things according his to his way yeah. like qui-gon did that's interesting i didn't think about that so I feel like Qui-Gon rubbed off on Obi-Wan, and then Obi-Wan, 
you know, partially rubbed off on Anakin, and also Anakin is less robotic because he did have emotions as a young child where... Yeah. Like, if you really, like, went to the Jedi <laughs> Order where you're, like, a year old the way it's supposed to be yeah. or whatever, you know what I mean? Race as a baby from them, you know? Yeah, he'll just be serious. Yeah. So we do see in this elevator scene that Anakin is very nervous because yes. he's going to see his crush. <laughs> yeah. he, which we should say, like... He hasn't seen Padme in like 10, ten years, years, pretty yeah. much since the end of Phantom Menace. Yeah, this is where they set up that the movie takes place 10 years later yeah. from the last one. And in the first meeting that him and Padme have again, I kind of thought it was like a callback to when they first met because right away Anakin's like, oh, you're and you're so beautiful. And like yeah. she kind of laughs and she's like, oh, you're still a little boy that I met yeah. a long time ago. And it reminded me of how when they first met, he said, are you an angel? Like, yeah. so it was just kind of like, oh, that's kind of like a callback that he's still like so enamored with her, yeah. you know, like just by looking at her. I thought that was cute. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it makes sense way back in Phantom Menace because he just <laughs> works in this greasy little yeah. Watto junk shop. He sees nothing but like old slimy gleek glops <laughs> coming in. Yeah. Finally a human girl comes in. Like Yeah. And also too it seemed like the only people that were like really around there. Like there was other kids around there, like yeah. a little bit at the pod race. But yeah, like he had the little friend. Yeah, the majority of the people like at the whatever village they lived in, like they were just like old, raggedy, like human people. Yeah, there weren't that many young kids that you would yeah. see running around. So yeah, um, in this scene too is where we first meet. I wouldn't even say it's her guard, but Captain Typho, yeah. and he's from the Queen's Guard, which the new queen now is Queen Jamilia. Yeah. And in this scene too, we also see what the interactions with Anakin and Obi Wan like. There's also a tension between them. Yeah. And. It kind of happens, like, in front of, like, the senator and the guard. And it yeah. happens a couple of times, actually, with Anakin, where he kind of is trying to stand up for, like, how he wants to do things. And it's, like, super awkward. Yeah. So, on this one... He's, like, the brash, young rookie. Yeah. Like, he's, like, still a, he's still a Padawan in this. Yeah. He's only 19 years old. So, like, Obi-Wan, you know, he just wants to follow his mandate and just protect Senator Amidala and not yeah. do any, just make sure she stays safe. Whereas Anakin wants to find who is trying to kill her. And Obi-Wan, they go back and forth and Obi-Wan's saying, no, you know, we just need to do what we're being told. And it's funny how throughout the whole movie, even when, like, whether he's talking to Padme or even later on with Obi-Wan or hey, anybody he's really talking to, really, he talks his way out of, like... Yeah, but this, like, he makes yeah. what he wants to do seem logical with the Jedi way. Yeah. <laughs> and I noticed that with this one because of the way he said, well, they wouldn't have put us on this if they didn't want us to, you know, help find who it was or to investigate. Yeah. And, like, Obi-Wan just kind of, just that tension for me, like, it's kind of heartbreaking because it's like already you can feel like something's wrong, you know, like, not necessarily darkness yet, but... I don't know. That makes me feel awkward when I watch it. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so they're there to guard the senator in the room. Yeah. And actually, like, later on in that scene, you do kind of start feeling a sense of darkness because he starts talking to even Jar Jar, saying, she didn't even recognize me. Yeah. And, like, he, you could tell, like, it really bothers him. 
and Obi-Wan has to tell him, like, be mindful of your thoughts. You know, you're having negative thoughts. Yeah. And, like... Because he's been dreaming of her for 10 years, and then she's always like, oh, it's you again. Yeah, she's yeah. just kind of like, oh, yeah, I remember you. Like, that little boy. <laughs> but it, it's also, too, I, I think, really with Padme, I think the way you have to really think about her character or whatever... Is like she was like a child queen, yeah. Who then like, and there's like even like a third queen in uh, uh, part three. Mm. So like they really change every like few years. Yeah, they so, talk about that later on. Yeah. Also. So like you know like so she went like from being a child queen to then being the senator, and really like still like being a big part of like Naboo's like government. So like she really hasn't had time. Like, she's not really, at this point, she's not really, like, an emotional person. She's more, like, an analytical, you know, I won't say cold, because she's not a cold person, but, like, yeah. you know, clinical thinking, like, because she has to be, like, she, she's all these things, you know, she's a young person still in this movie, but she's, like, you know, she doesn't really have time for a lot of emotional attachment, and I feel yeah. like Anakin, you know, even though he's, like, a Jedi... He is, like, the most emotional of all the Jedi. And yeah. I feel like his emotion and, you know, the way the romance blossoms, like, I I feel like he, he pulls her more into the, uh, back into the, like, emotional okay. part of herself, you know? Yeah, throughout the whole thing, like, when I was watching it for the second time, like, I was, like, really kind of examining that because... I was wondering if, like, the, the issue would be brought up of, like, he's forcing her into, like, he keeps pushing himself yeah. on her. And, like, he kind of does. Like, he keeps bringing it up and, like, and she keeps telling him. Well, she even says straight out to him one time, don't look at me like that. It makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. And, like, right away, you're kind of like, oh, this guy's a creeper. <laughs> you know? Like, but... I mean, if you look at all of their interactions throughout the movie, like, it seems more that she's telling him that because she, and she even says it in one of their conversations, that she's a politician and he's a Jedi. Yeah. And they can't. That's not real. Yeah. Like, you can't do that. Because Jedi are like priests and not supposed to have any emotional attachments. Yeah. And that's another way that he kind of explains his way of, like, why it's okay for him to love somebody is because yeah. they're supposed to be compassionate and that means unconditional love yeah. <laughs> and so that's that to him, in his <laughs> mind he makes it okay for the for him to love yeah. her but like yeah there, there's that and then the one the very first kiss that they have like she she kisses him it's not like she's like oh like she's like grossed out or like doesn't want yeah. to but then she realizes like she can't you know like that's not they I just can't deep. yeah so I was kind of looking at those interactions and seeing if it was, like, inappropriate, so to speak. Mm. But then it's, like, you can't really, like, you well, can't really say that when in the end, be right before they're about to die, she, like, professes her undying yeah, love to him. So. she's been hiding it the whole yeah, time. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, it's fine. <laughs> this is one of the best scenes of the movie. So then, yes, we finally get introduced to Zam. Zam Wessel. Wessel. Oh, my God, Zam Wessel. You won't believe the hype around Zam Wessel. So basically what happens is, like, you see uh, Django Fett meeting with a bounty hunter who's, like, hired to try to kill Amidala. And, like, it's kind of like a half-assed assassination attempt. Like, she basically, Zam Wessel basically, like, goes to the window where Padme's sleeping. Like, she cuts mm -hmm. a hole in the window, and she lets these, like, uh, Ugh, nasty, worms. nasty worm things. Um, and, and, like, I guess they have a poisonous bite, 
Yeah. And then, like, and R2 is in the room overwatching. <gasps> yes. He's I just, have to, sad to say, yeah. this was an he R2 fail. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, he kind of wakes up and scans the room yeah. for a second, but he, for some reason, he can't see the worms, like, crawling on the like, floor. Like, he can sense something in there, so he scans the room with his light, but the worms are hiding on the other side of the mattress, so he yeah. can't see. So, yeah. yeah, it was an R2 fail. Yeah. <laughs> but Obi Wan and uh, Anakin are in the next room, and Anakin can sense it. Yeah, that was. I think, I think this was really kind of the first time we start seeing their Jedi powers in this one. Yeah, I don't recall anything really happening in the before that scene. No, this is where it breaks out. This is kind of like, you know, like like where is like the Phantom Menace started with them like busting out on the Trade Federation ship or whatever. Like, yeah, like, like you, you have to wait a good twenty minutes in this one to yeah. see some Jedi's. Yeah, so like I liked how they can how he says like. I can sense everything that's going on in that room or whatever. And I yeah. was like, dang, <laughs> like, that's impressive. And then uh, they're having a conversation. And in that conversation, before they realize that these worms are in the room, is the first conversation, too, that we see that even after 10 years, he's still affected by by being away from his mom. Yeah. So it's... It's a problem that he's had, like, all this time. And I guess, really, he's probably feeling it more because later on we learn all this bad stuff is happening to his mom and he's been yeah. feeling it and having his nightmares and everything. So, it just goes to show how deep, like, that affected him and yeah. why he eventually turned the way he did <laughs> later on because then well, it, he it, becomes close to Padme and then it's kind of the same thing all over again. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard too. Like, it's really the trauma of, like, he's supposed to be going to all these places and saving all these people. Yeah. But he can't go save his own mom. The like, person that he cares about the most. Like, yeah, like, you have, to, you have to, like, you know, save random strangers, but you can't, like, yeah. go save her. Even though you clearly have the power to. Yeah. Well, he thinks he does, and he ends up feeling that he doesn't later on. Yeah. So also in this scene, we like that scene. I think really sets up a lot. Like I was saying, there's a lot. A lot of these scenes are pretty loaded. Mm -hmm. So we get that about his mom, and then we also get Obi Wan having to tell him that he needs to be careful of his feelings for Padme, because he's a Jedi. He has a Jedi commitment, and. Padme's a politician and politicians can't be trusted. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting that Jedi had that view of politicians mm. like cuz it seems like a blanket feeling that they well, have. it's also too I'm sure because like you know being drawn into this conflict and everything like the Jedi really like they don't take orders from anyone. Yeah. They do they do what's right, you know, according to their own creed and like pretty much religion whereas like I'm sure many times there's been conflict of like you know, the Senate, like, different planets wanting the Jedi to go do this or do that that didn't agree with their, you know. Yeah. It's almost like the... Yeah. It's almost like the conflict that Captain America has. Yeah. Like, like, once he, like, like you pretty much, like, in, I guess, like, the Winter Soldier, where he's just doing missions for the government. And yeah. he's like, I thought we were the good guys, but, yeah. but you got me doing all this shit. You yeah. Know? Yeah, that's true. They're not always going to do it the way everybody likes. Yeah. Because, I mean, the Jedi don't want to be used... Yeah. Which they end up do being used by Palpatine to gain his power, but they don't want to be used as like the basically thugs for yeah. governments. Yeah. You know? So in this one too, there's also 
I was I was actually kind of surprised. Like, we also learned that Anakin kind of has been kind of under the tutelage of of Palpatine, because he yeah. expresses like the way he talks about Palpatine. He really believes in Palpatine. Yeah, and it's like right away like you're kind of like you get the yeah. sense of like he's been having that darkness kind of put into yeah. his head for who knows how long in the past 10 years and like when i saw that and i heard him say like talking about him like that, i'm like oh man I was like yeah, yeah. talk about a worm like in yeah. your ear <laughs> like, <laughs> well he just totally believes in like the things that palpatine said because palpatine is more about uniting everything bringing order to everything yeah you know? and too i'm sure he just can either he knows or he feels i don't know if he somehow knew about the prophecy but like even from like episode one when he said i'll be watching your career you yeah. know like he knew there was something about him and so yeah. who knows how long he had whatever conversations he's been having with him yeah. you know it's like he's been putting something into his head that he's better than everybody else so. yeah I thought it just like just from that little tidbit of information that he mentions in that conversation, I was kind of like, oh, there's no saving him. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's like you can't do anything about it. He's just determined. It's just he's going to go dark, especially because his personality in general. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Like, where's the chicken and where's the egg? Because maybe Anakin wouldn't be like that if Palpatine hadn't been talking into his ear saying, you know, talking about how he was such a better well, yeah. Jedi and all this stuff. And it's just like it's just like the whole thing of like fear leads to hate and hate leads to the dark side. Mm -hmm. It's just like you know, or if Anakin could have saved his mom or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? Probably yeah. there wouldn't have been that fear of like, you know, <laughs> There's losing so Padme. Yeah. <laughs> but we need to get back to Zan Wessel, so Yes, okay, so finally They kill the worms. Their their conversation their important conversation yeah. is interrupted. Yeah. And he says, I feel that too and they go yeah. running in. <laughs> Well, like, in the last movie, we talked about how George Lucas predicted the tablet, because makes one during <laughs> yes. the tablet. This one, he predicted drones, because there's, like, a, a, oh, dro yeah. a drone that comes in, like, maybe it was the drone who released the worms, actually. But, it, yeah, but the, it drone, the drone reports back to Zan Wessel. Obi-Wan jumps through the window, which is oh awesome. My God. He doesn't just jump through, yeah. he crashes through And grabs onto, like, the tiny drone, yeah. and he's, like, hanging off of it as it's making its way. Eventually, you know, Anakin goes and gives a speeder, and there's, like, awesome and there's thing. a car chase. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> a, a, you know, Blade Runner-esque, like, <laughs> you know, air car, you know, car chase. Yeah. And it's just, like, all this shit of, like, them, like, f you know, falling off and jumping on. And, like, like Obi-Wan, like, as much as they talk about how brash Anakin is and everything, like, he's pretty daring, too, with just, like, you know, he's confident in, like, the force of, like, he can just jump and... Like, you know, Obi-Wan. Yeah, yeah, he knows what's going to happen or yeah. he senses everything. I was really, I was really surprised. I mean, I don't, again, I've seen this before, but like, just to see it again where he's just like, she just like jumps out. I'm like, oh, yeah. like I still reacted like it was the first time. Yeah. So they chase Zan Wessel. They have a car chase. Zan Wessel ends up going into a bar. Well, not really. Yeah, kind of like a nightclub. It's a club, Dance yeah. club. Yeah, just full of like people, aliens. Oh, whatever. wait, but we got to talk about the chase. So this is the first time, too, where we see Anakin's flying prowess in action. Because yeah. he was a pilot from before. He obviously still is an awesome pilot now. We have some more banter between Obi-Wan and Anakin. And, like, Anakin kind of teasing Obi-Wan with those crazy flying tricks and stuff. And, like, <laughs> telling him, like, oh, I forgot you didn't like to fly. And he's like, it's not that I don't like to fly. You're doing some crazy shit, you know? Yeah. So, like... 
I thought that was cool too to still see some more banter and then it kind of looks like they lose they lose her shit her speeder and they kind of stop and he's like oh i told you why this wasn't a shortcut you you ruined everything is basically trying to tell me he's like okay and then he just jumps out of the freaking speeder (laughs) anakin jumps out of the speeder (laughs) because there's like different like layers of the traffic like different heights of the traffic going in different directions (laughs) well definitely um I think this is, like, one of the standout. I thought this movie, like, as much as we talking about how, like, uh, complex it is and stuff, like, I think um, George Lucas, like, you know, he put enough good action in this one. Yeah. Like, and he spread it out more to, like, keep you engaged yeah. and excited. This one was pretty action-packed on a lot of parts. Yeah. They're definitely, like, Anakin and Obi-Wan are definitely swashbuckling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in this one, we finally we see when Anakin jumps out of the speeder, he lands on her speed on the change or on the assassin speeder, and yeah. then we see that cool shot where her face changes, yeah. like when she turns her head to the side, you can see she's a something else, yeah. <laughs> not human, and we learn later that she's a changeling. So yeah. that's like it. right before they get the information or whatever, she gets killed by Jango Fett, who's like nearby, yeah. kills her with a poisonous dart. And this is the first, yeah, the very first appearance of Jango Fett. Jango Fett yeah. yeah, that's why I was confused. It was this part I was thinking of. I thought maybe he shot the missile to try to kill Padme, but no, it was this part where he's like up on the rooftop or whatever. And like, I think they see him, but like, he just gets away in time. Oh, like outside of the window. Right here? Like, no, when they... This is, like, 20 minutes later when they finally catch Zayn Wessel. Yeah, yeah. That's why you can't watch it in real time. And, yeah. Because then you won't get anywhere. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then, yeah, then we finally get to the club scene. Because Anakin manages to um, make her crash. <laughs> yeah. She finally crashes. So then we get into the club. Like, I love the part where Anakin's on top and she's, like, shooting through the roof. Yeah. yeah, and then he gets his lightsaber and he's, like, yeah. he just, like, stabs it into the glass. <laughs> a lot of good cameos in the club, too. Like, you get to see Anthony Daniels outside the 3PO costume. Uh, Ahmed Best. You know, yeah, I was surprised normal. when he said that. And, I mean, I yeah. honestly don't even know what any of them look like, so I wouldn't even know. But yeah. I thought that was cool when you, were, when you yeah. mentioned that. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a cool Easter egg. <laughs> And, like, I don't know if they ever made it in, but there was, like, because George Lucas's daughter was a fan, like, he tried to get, maybe they're in there, I can't remember. either he tried to get, or they're in there, but he tried to get in sync in that scene, but. Really? Yeah. But I don't think it worked out. That's like funny. They were on tour or something happened. <laughs> that, I don't, I don't think they were in there. That's so but weird. Yeah. What a but random. That, but that was a scene they were supposed to be in. That would have been hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> And I have to say, like, it's kind of like, compared to the, you know, the original Cantina, it's kind of like nothing. Like, it's pretty much like yeah. the only, like, kind of like, blah. Yeah. Like, like it's it's pretty much on par with that casino. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I mean, it, it looked like, because they had all the screens playing, like, yeah. games. It looked like a casino. Yeah. But, like, um, there was, like, I was noticing on the screens, one was, like, a fakey football game with, like, droids playing, mm. and then another one was, like, racing, like, different, there were two races, one was, like, speeders, I think, and then another one was, like, some animals or something. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, it pretty much was just kind of like a nightclub casino kind of thing, like, when you're walking through a casino in Vegas or something. Yeah. But, oh, it was, 
because I had just, you know, I turn on the TV and I have it on the Turner Classic Movie sometimes and how mm. I was just watching Bullet. Yeah. And I just watched that cool car chase scene. And then on this one, and then we had, like, I was rewatching this last night after, like, I don't know, a couple hours after that. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. It's like, I it just, I know they're not the same because this technically wasn't really a car chase, but... It just was cool to see, like, how, you know, that bullet car chase scene apparently is, yeah. like, really famous. And, like, yeah. just to see another movie with a car chase scene, like, it was just kind of cool. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think, like, other than, like, you don't see car chases that much in modern movies. Yeah. Uh, like, I want to say the last one I saw in, like, a mainstream movie was probably Nick Fury and Captain America the Winter Soldier. Mm. Like, probably, like, that. Yeah, because I don't think there's any in John Wick. It's just him fighting. Yeah. The only other things you'd see, and obviously, is in the Fast and Furious movies or. Yeah. Shoot, I was just thinking. Of but those are more like car everything, yeah. not really like car chase. It's yeah. like car. I mean, some of the earlier ones definitely had car chases, yeah. but yeah, I think the like my favorite car chase is actually. Uh, to live and die in L.A. and it's mm. like the one where like. In order to, like, get away from the guys or whatever. Mm. Like, they need to fucking go on the um, freeway against yeah. the traffic. Oh, my God. It's, it's <laughs> awesome. That's probably my favorite. Like, this one just reminded me of that bullet one. Because they were, obvi- they were like, driving past, like, other speeders. Like, yeah. you know, and that's how that bullet one was. Where they were, like, going in and out of the cars and stuff. Because yeah. on this one, you see, like, the aliens. So, they're like, hey, what blah, blah, And they're, like, yelling at them and stuff. <laughs> And, like, the, the the city and everything and, like, the way the flying cars are in this one reminds me a lot of the fifth element. Yeah. Like, even visually, the way the city looks. And then that one thing that they go through where they get, like, shocked, like electrified. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I told you not to go through those. Yeah. And it's funny because it's like, when you see it, you're like, oh, man, it looks like it's going to be deadly. And it's just them going, like, yeah, I know. and then they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? Why are you it's so worried about like they that? they electrified, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's some kind of, like. Uh, pink electricity yeah i thought that was funny <laughs> the one thing i did think was funny too in the club was uh the little guy that little skeevy guy that was selling death sticks yeah <laughs> he yeah. was so like and i like how obi-wan this one had little witty things thrown into it here and there that i think probably one didn't really have that yeah. was like obvious wit but uh this man, one definitely had like what i said like this one definitely had, like, a different tone to it. It was, like, random stuff. Because, like, yeah. this one, he was like, you don't want to sell me Death Stick. He was, like, mind-tricking him, like, yeah. Jediing him. It's like, you want to go home and rethink Think your, your life? life? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. But who was that guy? Like, he seemed so familiar. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who he He seemed was. like some, like, character actor that you've seen in, like, tons yeah. of movies or something. It was just kind of funny, though, because, like... I mean, obviously, Phantom Menace, like, financially, it was really successful. So, if George Lucas wanted to, he could be like, whatever. Like, you can bitch all you want. I made a ton of money. But, like, I feel like he actually, like... And plus, on top of it, he just doesn't want to make the same thing over and over. But I feel like he did, like, like, listen to the criticism and was like, okay, like, I've got to do something slightly different with the next movie or whatever. Whereas, like, like modern movies, they're just like, oh, you didn't like it? Well, guess what? We're going to do it again. And we're going to do it bigger. And you don't like it? You just have to go away. It's like... Because you're going to go see it still. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously it came out later, like, years later, like, how much George Lucas was hurt by the reactions, like, episode one through three got and pretty much made him give up on Star Wars, kind of. But, like... It sucks. 
I appreciate though that at least like he was like man enough to like lick his wounds and then like always try and like do something this different. One, there's you know? definitely way less Jar Jar Binks. However, yeah. he actually still plays a really important role yeah. in this one. He, he Even t- though he was like point oh one percent in the movie, like yeah, he has <laughs> tiny amount of screen time, but he's he's he makes probably like the biggest decision. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was funny. Like here he's in it less, but guess what? He's still yeah. gonna do something, and everybody's still gonna hate it. <laughs> And I, I think, too, like, maybe, like, one thing, like, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but, like, as we've seen, you know, like, with things like Baby Yoda and stuff, yeah. is, like, you can be, like, X amount of years old in Star Wars and still be a child. Yeah. Like, Jar Jar might yeah. be, like, so successful. Like, he might, like, literally be, like, a teenager. Like, yeah. He just might be, like, you know, young and stupid. Yeah, because you never really know, like, people's ages. How and, long they live. And how, like, in, well, who knows if there's years there, yeah. but you know how what the maturity is really at yeah. those different ages actual ages because like baby yoda's 15 he's like <laughs> he's still gurgling like yeah. a baby still yeah. acting and they everybody's calling him a child yeah still so yeah i think with this scene too with the club scene i also liked that they're kind of like having to look for somebody in this crowded place yeah. and it's like you're kind of getting to see like how they hunt so to speak like in a crowd yeah and we get to see how badass obi-wan is like yeah. when he can sense him, the sense her coming up behind him and he chops her arm off yeah That's so cool <laughs> yeah like the thing about obi-wan is like he's really not like like, he puts on, like, he kind of has this personality of being, like, reserved sometimes. And peaceful. But he's, yeah. like, very, like, Badass. he's very quick to draw the sword. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, he'll he'll just slice anybody up, he'll you know? He'll still kick your ass. And, like, <laughs> he, like you know, as, as the, the movies progress, like, he kind of, like, took on all the big bad guys. Yeah. Like... Like, he fought Jango Fett. He fought, he fought yeah. Count... Like, he gets fucked up by Count Dooku, but he still fought him. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, he does have a lot of big He fights. fought Darth Maul. Yeah. He fights General Grievous. Like, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's pretty much, like... He's a warrior. Fights Anakin. Like, I mean, he... You know, he pretty much, like... Those drinks they have are so cool. How they're bright blue. Yeah. <laughs> Was there anything else that you noticed in the club scene? I mean, not really. It's so dense. I feel like you could watch it 20 times and pick out <laughs> new stuff. Like, I mean, like, the last time we watched the movie, like, I went through and replayed it, but... So, yeah, like you were saying, they finally catch her, and she's yeah. dying, and she doesn't reveal who hired her to assassinate mm-hmm. Senator Amadala. And this is also another moment where we see Anakin get pretty... Uh, gruff angry yeah yeah, because he's not being nice with her when he's asking her who did it tell us who did it (laughs) he gets he's like he pledged joker when he gets mad he's like (laughs) (laughs) and obi-wan's like oh (laughs) so uh she ends up dying she says something in her language and she ends up dying Oh, she ends up dying because she gets shot in the neck, yeah, like you said, dart, with yeah. Django darts, uh, Django darts, with Django's dart. Yeah. So dart. Obi-Wan takes the dart. He's going to do some research. He, he, on basically, it like, long story short, he analyzes it and, like, traces it back to, like, you yeah. know, like, 
Like basically, that's his first clue to be on the trail of Jango Fett. He goes to his his uh, chef cook friend at the yeah. cafe. Yeah, who <laughs> analyzes there, and and like again, like like to me, like whereas like Phantom Menace was like the Jar Jar stepping in Dookie and like yeah. getting the fart in his face, like yeah. that was like my cringe moment of Phantom Menace. Like this is my cringe moment because I was just like, why is it so like a 1950s diner? And it's yeah. like it's not even like it's like the worst creative choice. Yeah. It's just kind of like there's not a lot of thought. Well, put he into was it. just like this big giant like yeah. guy, nasty guy, and he was wearing his tank top shirt. Yeah, and had his he's, little broom mustache. He's like Mel from Alice. Yeah. <laughs> And then, like, also, too, like, it's just such a 50s diner, yeah. like, the waitress and shit. And the... the waitress is the same droid as the droid from Star Tours. Is it? The one that tells oh, yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, I don't know, it's kind of just, like, uh, like you yeah, know. Yeah, it's kind of random. And then it's yeah. funny, too, like, I notice when he walks in and, like, he greets the guy, Obi-Wan, like, yeah. he gets in this way where he gets, like, real casual and laid back That's kind of seems out of character to yeah. me for Obi-Wan. And I'm like, I guess that's what he's like in his off time. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, yeah, he finds out, I guess that guy used to do some underground work or something, and yeah. he finds out from him that that dart was from Camino. Yeah. So that's how, that's where Obi-Wan goes next on his that's, next adventure. So, 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 so now you pretty much have, like, them splitting up, where Obi-Wan goes to basically hunt down Jango Fett, and yeah. then you have... Basically, because like there's some, they're trying to kill her so bad. Like pretty much, Anakin goes one on one to protect Padme, and they go to hide out on Naboo. Yeah, but right after that car chases is a part two where he goes straight to Palpatine. <laughs> yeah, and that's where you see too. You get to see it in action where Palpatine's feeding him all this information of like, he says things like he will be the most invincible Jedi. He's the most gifted Jedi. He will become the greatest. He's becoming the greatest of all time, even more powerful than Yoda. Like, yeah. how can this young? How could a young kid not get that into his head? Like, and give him yeah. a big head, you know? <laughs> it's like, well, I don't know. He's how... also telling him everything, the yeah. right things. I don't know how much like it leaked into like what Qui Gon said, but I mean, Qui Gon thought he was the chosen one. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And I mean, Anakin does have like that raw power. Um, like, there's there's like a theme, I guess, with this of Anakin and like raw power and being harnessed in the correct way or you know yeah. and it's just like I guess you could say compared to later movies where people are just powerful and that's all you have to do is to like learn everything it's, it's more like they want him to learn his power yeah. and also get his emotions under control yeah. whereas everybody else is like later on is just so perfect they can do whatever they want yeah but um which is like looking back on it, it's funny because like when you're a kid and like you and like you know if you're like of the age where you know like me where you watch four through six like you thought like Luke Skywalker was like the most powerful whatever yeah but then like in comparison to when you see how Anakin <laughs> is like yeah. and even Obi Wan too like Luke was like not even a real Jedi yeah. really you know what I mean yeah because he, he never got the official training yeah. So then in the scene right after that one, when you see Anakin and Palpatine talking, then there's a scene with Obi-Wan talking to Windu and Yoda. And here you can, in that scene, you see that the Jedi still believe that Anakin is the prophecy. Like, he's, mm -hmm. he's there to fulfill the pro prophecy. And that he's still going to bring balance to the Force. Yeah. They're not saying it in a way where, like, he's going to do it. They're yeah. kind of like, well... 
he's supposed to be the one. Like, they're still trying to believe in that. And, like, the prophecy, too, seems like it's something, like, even going back to when Qui-Gon, you know, brought up the fact that he thought it was Anakin and stuff. Like, it seems like it's just, it's not something that's, like, very literal. Yeah. It's, like, the interpretation. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, it's, like, open to interpretation, really, what that means. It's not It's not laid out, like, this person will come and do this, this, and this. Yeah. It's just, like, somebody will come forward and put They're going to put the, uh, the, what is it? They're going to bring balance back to the Force, yeah. is what their the prophecy is, I guess. But it doesn't say how, it doesn't no, say what they're going to yeah. do, it doesn't... It doesn't even really specific. say if, if they're a good person or bad yeah, person. Yeah, just, that's true. Know. But, I mean, could you really bring balance to the Force if you're going to the dark side? I mean, you, you <laughs> could if there's, like, thousands of Jedi running around everywhere, I yeah. think you could. Yeah. You know... So then we see that um, Jar Jar gets put into place in the Senate because now, yeah, like Padme's you said, going to hide. they're going to hide yeah. away at Naboo. And Which anybody should know that's a bad idea, putting Jar Jar in charge <laughs> of a planetary vote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you would think he knows Padme's stance, yeah. you know? Like, I think really with that scene when he ends up you know, trying to when he ends up calling to put Palpatine in all powerful charge. Yeah. He got tricked by the conversation in that war room with Palpatine and his sweet words of like yeah. I wonder who's if, gonna do if, if only, only someone have... could have you know, yeah. it's like basically they're just voting Palpatine to have emergency powers. Yeah. And then basically and it was supposed to be a very temporary thing. So it's not even really like, oh Jar Jar accidentally created yeah. this or this or this. It's just yeah. kinda like past Jar Jar's mistake is is because like then when they kind of pick up that plot line in, in three is they're like they're like he kept his emergency temporary yeah. power for too long and oh. like like all the other planets like they're not stripping him of it like yeah. they're just you know because he even says like when they finally put him in charge he says yeah. i will only do it and i will give it back afterwards yeah. or whatever yeah. <laughs> i'm just like sure yeah he plays it <laughs> humble he just everything. says all the right yeah. freaking things and like it drives me crazy he's the used car salesman <sighs> that the the galaxy he's was so good for. at it yeah. i hate it <laughs> oh and then that scene too um, the one scene where they're replacing the window where yeah. she got the worms. I thought that was funny because like I didn't notice it at first, and then when yeah. we re- like rewound it and you brought yeah. it up, I was like, oh yeah, I was like, there. I was like, how easy is that? They just got this machine that's like, here's a new window. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, that's what you would have to do. Like, it's cool because <laughs> nobody else could get up there. You got to put little droids up there to fly up, and <laughs> yeah. put the window pane in. So now after that, then. Um, Padme and Anakin are getting ready to go to Naboo and she's packing up her suitcase and in this conversation they have you're getting more information so you yeah. finally learn uh, Padme wants to defeat the military creation act um, and she wrote she does not want to go hide away she still she yeah. wants to like be there and be present she's going to hide away to her dismay she, she yeah. would rather be around so just goes to show how badass she still is, even as a senator, because she still wants to be take part and, you know, yeah, not be a coward and run away. But this is also another scene where we see some more darkness come out of Anakin because he's he starts venting to Padme about how Obi-Wan is holding me back and yeah. I'm better than him. And she's kind of able to talk him down. But like you can see on her face, like she's kind of has a look of like, oh, man, like where's this coming from kind of yeah. thing you know and like so you kind of get another taste of like 
how Anakin well, it's, it's kind of like, turn. Well, like in the, yeah, it's the seeds of it, but it's like it's like she's getting to know the real Anakin. Yeah, because like, she just like re met him pretty yeah. much, you know? and she even says you've grown up so much because. She's like, oh, I don't want to go to... She's kind of having her own bratty venting. She's yeah. like, I don't want to go to Naboo. I don't want to go hide yeah. away. And he's like, well, you need to. It's it's better. Yeah. And like he's try, he talks her down, too. Yeah. And there's a lot... I just realized that. There's like a lot of scenes where like they're so much alike, you know? Yeah. Even though she may stand with her head high and be official and all that, like she's still just as stubborn as him. And like yeah. There's another scene, too, later where um, when they're leaving when they're on Tatooine, right? Like, they get the message from Obi-Wan and he's in trouble. Yeah. And, like, they tell him, no, stay where you are. And she's like, no, we have to go help him. And he's like, well, they told me to stay here. And she's like, well, you're told to protect me, so we're We're going. going. I'm going. And basically he's like, okay. (laughs) So it's like, they're so similar to each other. And it's like, that's why that kind of, like, doubt that I was having of, like, how their relationship is forced, that he's forcing her to be in the relationship. It's like there's a lot of signs where they're like so perfect for each other, you oh, know? Yeah. I mean, and it's just like I just I don't know, I just love their love story. <laughs> yeah, I like it because they're just such a action duo. I mean, we yeah. see it more in yeah. the arena fight and all that yeah. kind of thing. But yeah, like I just like it because they're both just ass kickers. And then I like too when they're uh, when they finally get to Naboo. And they're both kind of telling each other, like, oh, like, I'm, you know, I'm scared and I'm worried. And he's like, this is my first time having my own mission on my own. So I'm kind of scared, too. And then they kind of look back and they're like, oh, it's okay. We have R2 with us. And then yeah. they, and R2's like, yeah. Like, he beeps. Like, he's yeah. like, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> and so they kind of laugh. And I thought that was cute because it was like, they didn't forget about him, you know. Yeah. Like, it just. I mean, that's what, that's what I miss about the older movies. You know, the droids yeah. are very much present. It was yeah. just like. It's like in the old Star Wars, you know, whether it was like, you know, Chewbacca or whatever, like, like nobody was treated like furniture. They got ignored yeah, for like, like half a, the story. Like, like a trash can. Yeah, like they were all present <laughs> within the story and reference. Like and, a trash can under a blanket. <laughs> mm-hmm. a trash can under a blanket. Ahem, ahem. <laughs> so then we also see too the when uh, as as Padme and Anakin are walking away from their uh, little. Uh, public transportation that they were on there's a conversation between captain typho and obi-wan too where uh obi-wan's kind of like oh i hope they're gonna be okay and uh he says something like oh well it's basically not gonna be because of him it's i'm worried about what she's gonna do like (laughs) so it's like they both know that they're both like troublemakers (laughs) i think that's funny so to me that's what shows perfect for each other i mean i know you couldn't really have sent like young Anakin off to, like, go investigate Jango Fett. But yeah. it was just, like, they had to know it was a bad idea putting this young guy with this young woman. Like, Yeah. And, I mean, I think, especially Obi-Wan, like, yeah. it was so obvious to him how, like, how emotional he was about Padme. It's yeah. like, are you sure that's the best idea to yeah. put these two young people together and send them off on a dream vacation together? Yeah, pretty much. It's like, what do you think is gonna happen? Being in desperate times in war. Uh, that's gotta, true. Gotta make... You were the one questioning it. I know, but I just saying. I mean, it's good storytelling. But... <laughs> that's funny. So then this one too, we learn about Camino a new planet and this is the planet where the clones are being made yeah. and we learn that it's been completely hidden yeah. it's invisible from the archives 
And I think it, that just goes to show how powerful this person is that's, like, party, doing this scheme. Yeah. It's like, clearly this is a long gestating plan. Yeah. Like, someone went and placed this this order of um, these clones to be made 10 years ago. Yeah. And then they deleted, like, the location of the planet and yeah. everything from the Jedi Archive. So, like, they don't even really, you know. And it's important that places, the archives are important because the lady there says, like, if it's not here, then yeah. it doesn't exist. Yeah. So, which is clearly later on, we end up learning that only Jedi can change anything yeah. in the archives. So, then we learn, basically, that Count, it could only be Count Dooku. Yeah, pretty he's much the only it could one. only be Count Dooku, yeah. So we see how much he's... Dooku was the mole, pretty much. Yeah. <clears throat> so here, while uh, Padme and Anakin are on their love vacation, he keeps yeah. trying to, like, <laughs> like, profess his love to her, and she keeps resisting, and yeah. she just doesn't give into it, and... I can't remember if this is a part two, that part where uh, they have that conversation where she tells him, like, I'm a politician and all that. Yeah. Then we see, for the first time, too, in this movie, the Jedi Academy and the little baby Jedi. Yeah, young ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. young ones. They're so cute, seeing them with those little things in their heads. Yeah. And... <laughs> I like the little alien ones. <laughs> yeah. I think there's even one that kind of looks like, uh, what's her name, Asaka Tano. I couldn't remember that, but now that yeah. you bring it up, later on, in um, it was one of the... Oh, it's the scene after they have the the battle. Um, what is that place where they get put in to get killed? Just the Geonosis arena. Yeah. yeah. After the scene in their arena and all the Jedi are jumping yeah. back onto the ships, there is one that looks like her. Yeah, that I mean, type of I'm, I'm not saying it is her, but yeah, yeah. like... I was like, oh, like, that species existed before the cartoon, you know? Yeah. Like, I thought it was cool, because you never really see that one mm -mm. in the movies, like, close up. So the fact that they had one that looked like her, based on this one that was, like, far away, far like, away, the background. Yeah. yeah, then they had her look like her. Like, I thought that was really cool. So, yes, they go to Noble Naboo. And this is my favorite planet. I don't know if I mentioned it in the first one. I probably did. But it just looks so, like, pretty. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I think, I have to say, they had to have filmed that in, like, Italy or something. Because it looks yeah. totally like some kind of Italian villa place or something. Yeah, they, they did film portions in Italy, so I think it had to be... And it's, it's funny fun. because, like, that's one of the places I really want to visit. So, yeah. like, the, I mean, I never really associated Well, not right now. No, well, no. But uh, I just, it's like, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, no wonder I like it. Because yeah. <laughs> it looks exactly like that. There's a reason why George Clooney has always owned an Italian villa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and when they first get there, the, we get a little bit more information about how kind of how stuff works on Naboo and uh, Padme talks to him and says that they only serve two terms but she doesn't say how long those terms are yeah so we don't know yeah and then he like she tells him like she realizes that she was too young when mm. she was queen and that she wasn't even the youngest but mm -mm. that she was relieved to be done and apparently Anakin says, like, they loved her so much that they tried to amend the Constitution to keep yeah, her keep on. Her, yeah. So I was like, I thought that was really cool that, like, yeah. she was so loved as the queen that, like, you know, they really wanted her to stay on. 
And this scene with the new queen and that crown that she has, yeah. like, I don't know. I mean, from that little short video that we watched that one yeah. time about George Lucas creating the outfits, yeah. apparently he's the one that came up with all these ideas. And, like, yeah. I don't know how he came up with these ideas, but he's good at designing outfits. <laughs> well, yeah, like, he had the ladies or whatever, and, like... Like, in the featurette we watch, like, these ladies are, like, designing the costumes and, like, you know, like, he's looking at the drawings and then, like, they're physically making, you know, translating and they're, like, you know, to do this and this will cost, like, X amount of yeah. you know, all this. And it's, like, that's what you just don't see in filmmaking anymore is, like, because, you know, George Lucas pay, pay, played, uh, paid for one <laughs> through three to be made out of his own money. He's just, like, whatever it costs, whatever it yeah. costs. Like, you don't see that anymore. And, I, and like... Yeah. I meant to bring out the beginning. That's, uh, Walt Disney style. Yeah. Yeah, just, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. you know, it has to be, like, amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is uh, kind of like the first movie in the modern era of green screen filmmaking. Mm -hmm. And this movie takes a lot of shit yeah. uh, for just different scenes looking bad because of that. But, like, at the same time, people don't realize how many practical effects there are all throughout one through three, and how much money was spent on things like costumes and all that extras and all that. You know, for for you know, because you really only get like the the CGI crowds and like the things where there's like tons of aliens and yeah. shit. Like for the most part, and obviously the big battle at the end is pretty much 100% CGI. It kind of broke ground, and like if you look at the the end battle on Geonosis, it pretty much. Is like the demo tape for what Avatar did. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because like people don't realize like yeah. Avatar is like ninety percent complete animation movie. You yeah. know, or just like things like the Lion King now things the remake of Lion yeah. King like it's a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, everybody's like it's live action. And it's just like oh really? Like where did they find this fucking talking? Line? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What were you gonna say? You were you were gonna bring up earlier? Oh, just just about this was the first green screen movie oh, of yeah. like the modern era. You know, like. There is, like, later ones that came out that were, like, super, like, obvious, like, whatever, Captain Sky Tomorrow, whatever that one was, Angel and Julie, but, like, this is the first one, and I think, I think they did a really good job for how early on it was and shit like that. Yeah. So, like, like, the only parts that really look bad, I noticed in this one, were the, um the uh the platforms where she landed and blew up and then later mm. when they all land and then they walk in and talk to you. like even when you like watch the blue there's like jaggies and mm. shit like it's just low res you know like at the very beginning that one was was a little iffy but it looks like kind of video-ish because so much of it is like of the mm. coruscant but it's it's more the middle part where they all land and then, like, they walk in and they're talking to the, the where Jimmy Smith shows up. Mm. That seems terrible. <laughs> um, not even because, like, it looks so bad at CGI, but it's, like, like there's, like, there's like jagged edges. Mm. And when you look at it, like, around people's faces and shit, it yeah. was just, like, they ran out of time. or yeah. I don't, They didn't run out of money. They ran out but of time. But the fact that yeah. that's the only scene is pretty good yeah, for yeah. this giant movie. Yeah. And I know a lot of people criticize the... Um, what do you call it the arena battle because yeah. like you know like the the fx footage leaked out of them just like swinging the swords around and nothing being there because like yeah. the droids or, or monsters aren't there yeah. but to me that scene comes off like relatively good yeah. compared to like you know yeah because i was even see now yeah i was even noticing on that scene that like because like kind of really my gauge for like bad cgi is yeah that dang harry potter on the broom yeah, like yeah. when the broom takes control and he's getting thrown around yeah. everywhere as long as it doesn't look like that yeah. i don't care 
and there's a, there's a couple times with digital Anakin, like like when he's riding on the cow. And but shit. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like on that scene, like. I noticed how he was getting flung around everywhere, yeah. and it didn't look nearly as bad as that dang Harry Potter no. room. <laughs> but, but I mean, honestly, more to me, you like, like you can at least look at look at Phantom Menace and say, "Oh, that's 1999." Yeah. You can look at this movie and say it's 2002. Mm. Marvel's just like, "Here you go." Yeah, like 2018, baby. Here you go. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> even, I don't even get that. <laughs> like, like there's no excuse for the ending of Black Panther to look as god awful as it does. Yeah. So there's a this is there was another scene too, or when they're talking to the queen and they get up to walk away, and um, Padme is talking to the queen about where she, you know what their plan is while they're there on Naboo, mm-hmm. and that's an it's another scene where like Anakin's kind of trying to like be like you know hey I'm better, cause she I I was actually kind of surprised too cause the whoever that the guard is for the queen like. Mm-hmm accidentally calls anakin master jedi yeah and then padme's like oh no he's just a, a padawan like yeah i'm i just like when i hear her say that i'm like dang like <laughs> she's jedi he's still a padawan learner yeah and anakin's like excuse me <laughs> like and like i just that weird she and she, no she says excuse me because he says you know hold on here and she just keeps talking over yeah. him and stuff and i was just like She's pretty much outranking. She's him. pulling rank, yeah. yeah. And it just I don't know, those moments are so awkward where he looks like so young and dumb. Yeah. It's like, oh gosh. And Hayden Christensen looks very young yeah. in this movie. He does, yeah. relative to even three. Yeah. Like even in three, he looks a little bit older. Like yeah. not a lot, but you could they gave like, him a little makeup. It looks like too. an obvious yeah. age change from two to yeah. three. It's weird. <laughs> so yeah, she's basically saying, like, you know, I this is my home, I know where to go. And he's like, Okay. <laughs> So then the next part is we see um, Obi-Wan on Kamino and we're meeting with the aliens. Cool aliens. Like, I love that part. Like, it's so cool looking like the white room and how weird and long and lanky they are. Yeah. Like, it's so cool. I gotta say, like, I enjoyed this movie, but I remember the first time I watched it, the first time I saw it, um, which by the way was like, I watched it in like the first digital projector that we had like in the city mm. it was like the first movie i ever saw a digital projection yeah. and unfortunately like it would just like cut out every mm. now and then yeah. so like th- during like the kind of like opening scenes on coruscant it would just like like the the screen would just flash white oh. for like a second yeah. like the picture would cut in and out and That's shit like weird. that it just sucked yeah but uh i remember like when they when they, obi-wan meets like the alien and so like that was the first time i really like was like okay like now this movie's going somewhere like, I, like that was the i don't even know why i just think because it just had such an odd feel to it like like it like it's still one of my favorite scenes in the movie yeah and just like how all of their stuff works like their doors and then yeah. that chair how it like spins around coming yeah. down and stuff it's just so unique like how yeah. their stuff works like it's really cool and I just like watching them because yeah. they're so quiet and they talk like this yeah. and they're kind of moving slowly and like and like they they kind of like you know like they aren't really evil but they kind of like land you know, lead suspicion onto them like, yeah like what what's going on and like they talk about how Sifo Dias who was a Jedi placed the order and all yeah. that. 
But then, like, Obi-Wan figures out, like, Sifo-Dyas was dead before this order was placed. So, obviously, yeah. it was somebody using, like, you know, his... Uh... Well, and then when they talk to Jango, then he says he was recruited by Tyrannus. Yeah, so... a man named Tyrannus. Yeah, so you who... kind of are like, oh. <laughs> who I, don't even, I don't even know if it comes out in the movies, because I only knew it from reading it, reading it, but Darth Tyrannus is Count Dooku's Sith name. Yeah, um, on that scene that I was asking about yeah. where they go to the red planet yeah. or where they go to the red place where Palpatine is, he calls him Tyrannus in that yeah. scene. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, Dooku's just slippery. Like, he's Count Dooku and then he's like using the alias of. Was he in episode one? No, he wasn't. Right. And then Sifo Dias, he's using his identity and then. He's also known as Darth Tyrannus. Yeah, so. I think that's that too is kind of one thing for me. Like how I was saying in the in you know when we were talking about Episode One, how and just in general my history with Star Wars, how it's hard to watch these movies because like there's so many names that like and still like when I hear that name Sifo Dyas, like it's so distinctive, but I'm still like who the fuck is Sifo Dyas? Like I'm just like I want to know, know what he looks Dias like. Yeah, yeah, like. I mean, nobody knows, but yeah. it's like you just hear that name so much that you're like, "Who is this guy?" Like, it just. I mean, you never know. He could show up in the thing that they're doing now. If they end up making movies out of the High Republic, if he was an alien, he could have been around a long time. Yeah. But yeah, like that. Uh, it's just there's a I don't know that just goes into the thing that there's a lot to take in about yeah. you know who's who and what's what and. And then everybody's so conniving in the dark, on yeah. like on the bad side, or you know that it's like you don't know who's telling the truth or what. Because there's also yeah. that scene when they're on Geonosis and uh, they capture Obi Wan and like yeah. um, Dooku. Dooku, I guess if you want to because the, the Jedi still don't know that he's a Sith at that point. Yeah, they and don't like know the way the way he's talking yeah. to Obi Wan is to like Obi Wan to the Separatist side. He sounds like he's not evil, you yeah. know. So it's like. It's just so hard to, like, know what's real and what's yeah. not. That it, It's just, like, because I had, I would, like, I was telling you earlier, like, it's easier to understand the movie when you're watching it with captions because, for yeah. me, it's easier to read what they're saying because yeah. I can take it in better like that. And I was, when I was watching that scene with the captions, I was like, oh, like, so the his connection, because I didn't understand why he was connected with the Nemoidians. Like, yeah. why... Was he part of... Why were they part of that little group that was there on Geonosis? And then Dooku on there explains that Geono, um, the Nemoidians came to him after the Dark Lord turned on him and I uh, turned on them. And yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, like, that's why, you know, they're... Um, Working together, or he's whatever. he's like the puppet of of, of uh, emperor. Yeah, and, basically but, taking advantage of everybody's yeah. like, yeah. you know. But he's also puppet mastering all those Nemoidians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like I don't. You can't really tell that, like, from that conversation because yeah. he doesn't. I don't. I can't remember if up to that point you know that Dooku is working with with Palpatine. I don't think you are cuz I think that's, that's the first time like you're talking about when Obi-Wan's like chained up and Yeah, stuff. when he's like floating. That's like the first time you see Dooku. Yeah. At all. So yeah. you don't know like who he is or what's yeah. going on and, yeah. yeah. So like that's why like even in that conversation I'm kind of like, "Oh, like okay, so is he bad?" <laughs> like, well, cuz it's like you're saying the he, separatists aren't yeah. necessarily bad. So well, I'm still kind of questioning it at that point like 
is he bad <laughs> well dooku's even like trying to play it off too like i know we're jumping around here but dooku's even trying to play it off like where he's like oh i didn't want them to like enslave you or like mm. whatever you know what i mean he's yeah he's still pretending to be good but like going back to camino like i really liked like talking about good cgi like i think it's mm. good it still holds up as like when they show all the clones mm-hmm. and like doing all this stuff and picking up their armor and training, yeah, and, then and they, the kids all the, sitting, the kid the, clones, yeah. yeah, like they like that technique of replicating because yeah. like the, and also too the clones are like when they're on their armor they're all CGI in this movie. I think it's just something George Lucas wanted to do. I know a lot of people didn't like that choice, but for some reason, and I think it had to do with he wanted the the movements to be all exact mm. so that's why he wanted the clones to be cgi instead of just you put 50 guys in clone armor they're all moving differently yeah. he wanted them all to like be pretty Cause they're precise because they're yeah <laughs> the clones are all clones of Django fett and, and um, they have all their person taken out of them so yeah. they're meant to be exactly the same exactly so the fact the that program. they move all together makes sense to it is, i thought it was creepy too when they show like the test tubes of like all the thousands oh. of babies and shit i know so they basically set up and this is important for like not really even really this trilogy, but more like later on in the Clone Wars cartoon is they speed up the growth. Yeah. So like the first batch of clones, which are just now getting ready to whatever, you yeah. know, be deployed. Yeah. They're all like eight years old, but like I would say they're aged to probably be like in their 20s yeah. or so. But I just thought all them, and they even show the, like the scenes of them all like eating the cafeteria. But like I just thought all that CGI was very good, yeah. especially when you take into account two thousand two, yeah. like for because it's all the same guy. It's yeah. all Tamora Morrison, and then later I can't remember his last name, but the kid Daniel who plays Boba Fett, like he plays, you know, well, yeah, he's all the kids mm-hmm. when they show the kids in class. Like they're yeah. they've got like different generations of clones coming yeah. along, and um, yeah. But but going back to that, the bad side is because they're prematurely aged. They're not meant to like live a life life, yeah. and you and you see like uh, in the Clone Wars cartoon. I think it's kind of cool. Like sometimes they go to planets and they find clones that desert it, oh, wow. like living like actual lives of like wives and shit. Because they realize like they're not going to live long. They want to wow. go live a real life and yeah. like not just die. Huh. And there's ones where like the programming didn't really take, so they're kind of like regular people, you know what I mean? Wow, that's interesting. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of good stuff and I just bring it up cuz obviously Clone Wars is huge right now. Yeah. Cuz Clone Wars unfortunately got its premature end when Disney wanted to like sever all the ties with George Lucas. Yeah. But now because Disney Plus. Yeah, cuz <laughs> Disney Plus exists and like they need to get some goodwill back with the fans. Yeah. yeah. And Mandalorian did so well. Yeah. Well, I know it's a cartoon, yeah. but Obviously, I think they're seeing that they're jackpot or TV shows at yeah. this point. So, yeah, here in Camino, there's some more information. Obi-Wan is learning everything. Yeah. He's, like, learning about who possibly set this all up or that there was a scheme set in yeah. motion so long ago. He gets to meet with Jango Fett. He sees the clone factory. Yeah. And it's just like this giant, massive production that's been going on yeah. that they had no idea about. He's like, what? <laughs> and we find out Jango Fett has a clone son. Yeah. Who doesn't have... Who's ha- human. Yeah, well, well they're, I mean, all, they're all human, but... He, no, he has all his stuff still. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's like a... He, he's his son, but he is a clone of Jango Fett. He's unaltered. Yeah, he's unaltered, so he doesn't speed up on his aging yeah. and he hasn't been brainwashed he can think freely yeah so jango fett's raising him like a son and it's funny how the one alien's like oh that's weird i don't know why he wanted that yeah yeah they're like i don't know why he wanted that like, it's funny 
it's like, yeah, I mean. Because he wants a son. Yeah. And also, like, you know, because Obi-Wan, I, I think, saw, like, Jango Fett fly away yeah. when he killed Zam Wessel. He yeah. spots the armor. Yeah. Like, he plays it off like he doesn't yeah, see it. Yeah, did he see it? I, yeah, yeah. Be, because, like, he automatically knew. Because, like, cause, like, as soon as he leaves, you know, Jango Fett talks to him. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't know, like, all the stuff you're talking about, whatever. Yeah, because like, he asked him, have you visited Coruscant lately? And he's like, no, I've been here for 10 years or whatever, you know. Well, he said, yeah, I I might have gone recently or something like that. He does say yeah. that he went But recently. he plays it off like he, you know, like he's mostly just been stuck on Camino this whole time. Yeah. But as soon as Obi-Wan leaves, like, you know, they close the door. Like, it's just out in plain view in the closet. And then he closed the door. Like, immediately after Obi-Wan leaves, he's like telling Boba, like, get your stuff, you know. Like, we're leaving or whatever. Yeah, he doesn't really look in there. I don't think he saw it. I think he just assumes. Because, uh, yeah, I don't know why he would assume that. Because he doesn't look towards, oh, maybe he sees it there. Yeah, he's, I, I know he yeah. sees it because he, go, he goes running after them when they're trying to escape. <laughs> We're he, watching the scene right yeah, now. Yeah, he wouldn't do that. I'm, if, I'm, like, in, I'm having yeah. an investigatory <laughs> viewing right now. Yeah. but um yeah i was when i watched it the last night the second time i was kind of like how does he know like why is he asking him have you been to coruscant it's like yeah. why would he ask him that yeah because it's the mandalorian armor i mean he sees yeah. it yeah but uh and also too like if you look at like the mandalorian helmets like the the thin eye visor like they kind of copied that into the clone yeah um you know armor too because they're they're there's phase one and phase two of clone armor and this one obviously has phase one but um phase one is is it's a, it's a helmet that's white but it's more modeled after a mandalorian helmet mm. it even has like kind of like a fin thing yeah and then phase two is the ones in revenge of sith where it has more of the rounded eyes and mm. the the holes on this face where yeah. it looks more like a stormtrooper mask yeah so yeah so I asked you about this before and just for the sake of production here. So because like now we're so familiar with the Mandalorian, what yeah. he looks like, is Django Fett a Mandalorian? Well, it's really weird and like I can't really say because you see in one of the seasons of Clone Wars, like they go to the, like the Mandalorian planet. So like, you see the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So like their army or police force or whatever it is that ends up fighting the Jedi when they go there, like, they're pretty much, their outfits are really similar to Jango Fett. Mm -hmm. So, like, the Mandalorian TV show makes it be like, well, Mandalorian isn't, like, a race. It's not a whatever. It's It's like a, it's a a way of life. It's a belief. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I don't know. And some people have said, like, Jango Fett is, like, a rogue Mandalorian. He's not a real Mandalorian. He just has the armor and shit. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Because it's, like, there is a Mandalorian planet, but then the TV show makes it sound, like, the Mandalorian show makes it sound like they're just, like, this, you know. It might be that, like, what's on the Mandalorian TV show, that group of people is just a small subset yeah. or whatever. Because, like, you'll see it. It's, like, a full-functioning society. Yeah. Like, you know... So, I don't know, like, and, like, Dave Filoni had a hand in writing the Mandalorian TV show, and, like, I know from watching the special features on the, when I used to watch the Clone Wars from writing the Mm Blu-rays, like, whatever's, like, in the Clone Wars cartoon, like, was developed with George Lucas, so, I mean, I don't think it's, like, really, like, one, 
way or the other, to yeah. be honest. I just I just think the um the Mandalorian TV show is explaining like this one Mando. Yeah. yeah, like the clan he comes from. Yeah. And it very well could be too, like because a lot of people have I've seen people discussing like the confusion between the whatever. It could be too by the time you get to the Mandalorian TV show, like Mandalore the planet has been like wiped out. Yeah. So it could be the remnants of the people trying to carry on the Mandalorian yeah. tradition. So it's really hard to say. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't give you like a concrete answer. Yeah. It kind of works both ways. It's just hard cuz like, I mean, before the TV show, I had no idea about Mandalorian. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then, like, you know, I used to watch the movies, whatever, and I was like, oh, that's just how Jango Fett looks. Yeah. That's just how Boba Fett looks, you know, because he's looking like his dad. But now I'm like, yeah. now it makes you question it when you watch the original, like when you watch the yeah. original movies, because now the Mandalorian is such a pop character that yeah. you're like, I can't help but think like, so is yeah. Jango Fett a Mandalorian? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta understand too. It's like, like there was a time and a place, like when the when four through six came out, like in New Hope when Man, no, no, I think it's New Hope when Obi Wan references the Clone Wars. Like mm. there was like going back to a time when the Clone Wars was like one line of dialogue. Yeah, and like Boba Fett, like when we first saw Boba Fett, like we didn't know why he dressed the way he did. Yeah, and and I don't, even, I'll be honest, I don't unless there's something I'm mistaking. Like, I don't even remember, like, him being called a Mandalorian or anything in the mm-hmm. movies. It was just, like, something, like... Because I remember for years, people were like, is Boba Fett a Mandalorian? Because yeah. cause there was this thing of, like... There was even, like, this weird shit. Maybe Boba Fett has been different people throughout the years. Like, they yeah. just hand the armor down. Yeah. Which I don't think really ended up being... But it was basically just somewhere. I can't remember if it was, like, on the toy or in a comic book. It just somewhere along the line, it was said somewhere... That Boba Fett wears Mandalorian armor. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily mean that he was a Mandalorian, yeah. like, whatever. Because it could, I mean, I mean, if you want to dig deeper into it, it could very well be that, like, I mean, I guess it wouldn't make so, so, might make sense with Boba Fett, but more Jango Fett. Like, maybe at some point, because Jango Fett is an assassin. Yeah. Maybe at some point he didn't wear it. Obviously, way before these movies took place. Yeah. And then when he assassinated somebody, maybe he took the armor. Maybe he's been posing as a Mandalorian, whatever. Yeah. Or it's like, or maybe it's just like, I don't even think, it's hard to say, like, and we'll get into it when we plan to rewatch all the seasons of Clone Wars, but, yeah. like, when I took it, like, when I saw the, the little arc that I saw on, I think it was Clone Wars Season 2, like, they were trying to kill Obi-Wan and shit. Like, he was on mm-hmm. the Mandalore, and, like, they were trying to kill him. And I can't remember if Anakin was there, too, or not. I think he was. But it was, like, they're not, like, really, like, good guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're just, like... Like, I know they have a culture of, like, war and, like... Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just, like... It's, like... It's hard to say. Like, Jango Fett... Boba Fett, well, not Boba Fett, because he's, he's a clone, but, like, Jango Fett, he might be from Mandalore. Yeah. And he might have, like, because you'll see it when you see the cartoon, like, the guys, like, wear, like, all the soldiers, like, that are in the show, and there's not, like, tons of them, but there's a good amount of them, like, they, um, they, uh, they all wear similar outfits that look very close to Jango Fett's, mm-hmm. like, they're blue and stuff. Yeah. So, it's, like, he could have been one of those soldiers at one yeah. point in time. Like, you, you just don't know. Yeah. You, we just don't really know much about them. And he's yes. just a bounty hunter now. Yeah. I mean, so. Bounty hunter, that's what I yeah. meant to say, not an assassin. Yeah. 
So yeah, that was just one thing that I had. I know I'd asked you about it before. <laughs> Although he pretty much is an assassin, though. Yeah. He's more of a mercenary than even a straight-up bounty hunter. Yeah. It's just that's how they referred to him, that, you know, the clones were taken from a bounty hunter named J- Jango Fett. But... Yeah. So Obi-Wan learns everything, and then we go back to Naboo, and we see some more love story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Things start heating up with that <laughs> sexy dinner where the apples are getting sliced in the air. And... A pear. It's not really a pear, because yeah. when they cut it, it looks weird inside. Yeah, but, um... Well, there's a scene, too, where they go outside for their little walk, and Padme's wearing her negligee dress. Yeah, her see-through <laughs> She's, shit. like, half yeah. naked. But that dress is so pretty. I love that material she's wearing. The colors on it are so pretty. And then that's when they also have their first kiss. Yeah. And she goes for it, but then she's like, no, I can't do it. And Anakin's like, what? Like, yeah. he's confused. And then the scene ends. And then... Um, I was also going to ask you, too, with episodes four through seven, going back to the Fets, um, was it said on that one who Boba Fett's dad was? Like, no. Or what his story was? There, there was no Jango? He knew nothing about Boba Fett. He just was a bounty hunter. Oh, okay. So we, there was no word about Jango or anything? No. Like, Jango was completely, you know... So then another, they go frolicking in the in the grasslands of yeah. Naboo, and they're sitting having a conversation, and for some reason, it seems like Anakin asks Padme who her first kiss was yeah. or something, yeah. and she's like, oh, there was this guy, and he was really cute, and he's like, ugh, I they get it. They were in, it. like, the junior senators <laughs> program or some weird shit, and Anakin's like, blah. <laughs> Because, like, he's like, never well, had why'd any you ask? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was funny. He just wants to know if somebody's been there before him, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But they do start having another conversation where I feel like you see another flash of darkness from him because they start talking about politics and kind of, yeah. like, their views. And he's basically saying, like, well, people should just do this and someone yeah. should make them do they it. They should be made. And then she's like, well, who's going to make them see things their, their way? Yeah. You know? And I think he says me or something like yeah. that. And, um, she says, well, that sounds like a dictatorship. Yeah. And he's like, well, maybe it, you know, that maybe is what we, what we need. need. And he kind of looks at her for a second and she starts kind of laughing. She's like, you're making fun of me. And it's like, He's like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. He's like, yeah. He's like playing it off like, yeah, I'm making fun of you. But to me, I feel like he's really like saying how he feels. Yeah, it's it's a difference in viewpoint between a warrior and a politician. I mean, even though she is like a warrior in her own right as a character, it's like, yeah, the different viewpoints. But like even as that scene ends and the kind of, you know, they go to the next scene like you kind of see a look on her face where she's looking away and she's kind of like oh man like was he for reals you know like there's so many in all those scenes where like the scene ends with her kind of like having this doubt in him and like i know that's one thing that gets criticized about even the dsw movies is that how the women fall in love with these murderous men and all that. Yeah. And so, like, I did kind of think about that. And I was like, she saw all these moments in him that were, like, dark and scary. It's like, yeah. why didn't she ever get turned off by him from that, you know? Yeah. Because it's like, she's just into the bad boys or what? <laughs> like, yeah, he's not, I mean, he's a Jedi knight. Well, I'm not, yeah, not a guess. knight yet. He's a Jedi. But... Yeah. He's, she sees the good in him still, mostly, I guess. And she mostly knows him when he was a little boy. 
So, like, yeah, that's true. She's just barely getting to know him how he is now or at this point. But I was wondering, too, like, how I was bringing up, like, how she's always kind of, like, turning away from him or whatever. Like, she's just being chased, too. Well, I was wondering about it because, like, the sexuality in this, in these movies with her, with her part anyways, like, I was kind of noticing that, like, other i mean i guess the only other time that it's kind of meant to be sexy was when um oh my gosh with the slave outfit leia and the slave <laughs> yes how like i think that kind of obviously it's not really meant to be sexy though that's meant to be like demeaning yeah but i mean i would say he puts her in it because that's what like a slave i mean it's a slave they title it slave outfit, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, because she's enslaved. Yeah, but um, with this one, like, she wears a lot of clothes that are, like, very revealing. Yeah. But it's never... The only time that I ever kind of fe- felt that it was, like, sensual in any way when she was dressed like that was that scene right before they kiss and he's kind of, like, touching the back of her, her back. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, how can you not expect this teenage boy to, like, yeah. feel anything? But otherwise, like, all the rest of her outfits, like, the one outfit she wears when they when they go to Geonosis, that kind of beige top yeah. that she wears where her midriff is showing, it's, like, it's not really, like, a sexual thing when she's half naked like that. Yeah. And that was one thing that I noticed was interesting because it's not that she's has no sexuality but it was like interesting that just that's their the way they dressed and that was that like it was never seen as something that was like oh too revealing or whatever you know it was just that's just the way it was like normal is normal clothing and so like because i noticed that about a lot of her dresses like mostly when she's kind of like on naboo or she's in her personal time she always dressed like that around Anakin. Yeah. <laughs> so I was always kind of like, well, how do you her best. not expect him yeah. to like continuously want to like tell you how much he loves he'd be, you? He's subconscious too. Because even that scene where in that room, they're in that dark room with the fireplace and like they're talking about being together and she tells him I'm a politician and all that. She's even in that scene, like she's wearing like this like really low cut, like, you know halter kind of top and like yeah. she's like super naked in that too where they're having the dinner but at the dinner yeah. she's actually wearing like a, a a covering of some sort but i guess when they go into that room she's like super naked too there and they're like sitting so close on the couch and then yeah. she starts getting uncomfortable when he starts talking about his love for her and she's i'm just like what do you expect you're in this dark romantic room and, yeah. <laughs> and like now he wants to talk about how much he loves you it's just like i don't know i just think it's funny <laughs> and she tells him in that scene too that she doesn't want want him to give up being a Jedi. Like she doesn't want him to change his life for her. And like she kind of does give away in that scene. I'd say for the first time, because she makes a comment saying something like, you know, she tells him like, Come, we need to live in the real world. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how we feel about each other. And right away he jumps on it. He's like, so you have feelings about me too? Yeah, because she's finally admitting it. Yeah. yeah, and like she doesn't say yes or no. She's just like, you know, you. I don't want you to give up being a Jedi and stuff. So I think that was kind of the first time where she even kind of hinted at like being yeah. into him or whatever. So it's like their relationship like blossomed so slowly. And then also in that conversation, they talk about how like he's willing to be together in secret yeah and like she doesn't want to because she to her that'd be them living in a lie yeah 
So like pretty much with with that conversation about them living a lie, and he agrees to it because he sees the writing on the wall with her that she won't. Like he's willing to do that, yeah. but she isn't. Like that's pretty much the end of their romance. Yeah, for, or at least so it seems. At yeah, that point. because she even says, "Could you do that?" And he says, "No, you're right." Yeah. And like that's it. Even though he could. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of parts where, like, even that one scene where, uh, when they're when they're leaving, I think it's after when they're leaving the battle from Geonosis, and she falls out of the, yeah. out of the copter or whatever it is. And, like, Obi-Wan's trying to tell her, like, what do you think she would do if she was in your place? And, like, yeah. he was like, she would do her duty. Like, he says yeah. it so begrudgingly. Because he knows. Like, yeah. That. But even then, he's still like. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. Care. That's a good, that's a good point to pause here and take a break so we can break this into two episodes for you guys. So it's yeah, not too it's, torturously long. To... It's looking like these uh, movie episodes will be two episodes, two parters. Just because yeah. I think. It really only happened with this one because there's a lot of information. Yeah, this one's really dense. And, like, we keep referencing things that happen later, even when we're talking about earlier, because it all ties together. But we'll jump back into it. For now, let's take a refreshment break. You guys take a break. And uh, next time we see you, we'll be wrapping up all the exciting events and epicness of Star Wars (laughs) Attack of the Clones. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get 